on tonight's show. We have wildlife biologist Kelsey Bernard. And now for your host, Cool Park. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 94. Let me get my fingers right. 94, y'all. <laughs> Welcome and thank you guys for tuning in once again. It is Cool Card, and I am your host tonight. Like every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I thank y'all for tuning in, man. And if you're catching this on the replay, thank you, thank you, thank you. I ask that you share it. Um, if this is your first time viewing it, I ask that you, I invite you to uh, subscribe so I can continue bringing you the value that my guests bring to you. All right, it's not about me; it's about my guests. My guests are cool. All right. And very, very intellectual and doing great things and amazing things. Um, but listen, episode 93, I had Alethea Austin. She is a skydiver. Uh, that was a very interesting show. I myself have never went skydiving and I don't know if I ever will. But she was kind of talking me off the ledge, off the edge of the plane or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and I'm kind of having second thoughts because she kind of put in a different perspective for me. So uh, if you guys are interested in skydiving or if you have any, she, listen, she cleared up some misconceptions too about skydiving and about, um, you know, parachutes, you know, and things going wrong and stuff like that. So if you have some fears that you're trying to overcome, you might want to check out that episode. It is streaming right now on the channel, episode 93, y'all. But listen, tonight we're going to talk about wildlife, animals, the love for animals, passion, and all that good stuff. Um, I have wildlife biologist Kelsey Bernard on the show. Uh, she'll be gracing me with her presence, giving us some knowledge about the field and her love for wildlife. Uh, she's done some crazy, I don't want to say crazy things, but she's done some, how should I put this? Mm, it's like a niche, I guess. How you say it? Niche, niche, one of them. Uh, <laughs> but I've never uh, met anyone who is doing things that she is doing. So we're going to talk about that. And without further ado, I'm bringing her in with a nice, warm, welcome, cool car way. And we're going to dive in, y'all. Let's get it. <laughs> Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No doubt. Love having you on. Love having you on. So listen, I, I don't think I've had a wildlife biologist. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't think. But nothing, no one that's doing the things that you are doing. Let's put it that way. All right. You are special. You are unique to this show. Had oh, to have thank you. 
Yes, yes. And we have some things in common that we're going to talk about. Uh, but you're doing a major, though. <laughs> but we do have some things in common. Uh, well, but listen, I um, I want to start the show off with a prayer. Let's get it out the way. Let's get a man is just due. And we'll talk about you. Is that cool? That's great. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for guiding and carrying Kelsey safely and soundly to her new home and destination in California, Lord. We thank you for her time just being here and just granting me and us her time, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and being able to share her knowledge and her wisdom about her field. Lord Jesus, we just give you all the glory, all the victory, all the love, all the praise. We thank you for loving us, caring about us, feeding us, clothing us, and just providing us the necessities, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We give it all up to you, Lord Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Wildlife biologist. Are you considered a scientist? You are a scientist, right? Yes. That's science. Yes. yes. Um, All right. So when I said we have something in common, I started off my college career as a veterinarian science major. Yes. 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 I have an affinity for and a love for animals. Always have, always will. But I decided I didn't want to operate on them every day. Right. Right. Right? I didn't want to see them hurt. I, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah, it's a different type of pain yeah. <laughs> to see yeah. animals hurt. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. So then guess what? I switched my major to wildlife biology. Right? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then I skipped out on that too. <laughs> yeah. What was the but reason? Why? The reason was because I love to create. So I'm an artist, okay. an actor. I've done yeah. music, a model. So I went into communications acting theater stuff like that because that's a passion of mine as well and i have to go ahead there's so much room for that in wildlife conservation but we can talk about that later but keep going let's please talk about that (laughs) enlighten me i could have stayed in there absolutely you i don't want to date myself but i needed you (laughs) way way back then (laughs) where were you at (laughs) i don't know conservation is moving forward very in a very good direction to incorporate a lot of different passions. So well, there's a hey, lot of room. That probably did not exist when I was in college, though. Okay. I'm a lot That's older fair. than you. I won't take <laughs> my age, but I'm a lot older than you. So that probably didn't exist. <laughs> That's fair. But, hey, you know what? It does now. So it's good to know. And we'll talk about that because there may be some people like me who are you know, in college now who are kind of on the fence, like, hey, I don't know where I'm going with this, but they don't know. Yeah. They don't know exactly. how they can spread their wings and wildlife biology, right? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, definitely. We got to talk about that. But um, I, at the time, I just, I felt like uh, acting just suited me more or just the arts period. Cause I love to create. So yeah. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm being fulfilled more. Like I love animals and I want to help animals and like I want to I'm gonna actually start a chair uh, for animals soon. Okay. Actually. So I'm gonna you know unveil that soon, but I am definitely gonna do something to help animals because I want to be a part of the sector in some form or fashion. But I that's don't want to do it every day, <laughs> right? Okay. okay, I get yeah, that's yeah. fine. I gotta create. I gotta create. So <laughs> that light just came on. You got a big old halo, but we're fine. Let let the halo glow. It's okay. It's okay. Let the halo glow. <laughs> it's those smart lights. Oh, so they like turn on with the phone. I get it. 
I get Somebody it. Somebody It's all good. It's all good. It's fine. Let the halo glow. Okay. But listen, let's talk about this biology because a lot of people yeah. don't really know anything about wildlife biology. All they know is animals. That's it, right? right. So for yeah. you, you started out as a veterinary science major. Mm-hmm. What 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 made you switch to wildlife biology? Was it the same thing that you didn't want to see them hurt? You didn't want to, you know? Um, well, I actually, when I was in college, uh, my freshman year, I spent a lot of time talking to different departments and professors to really explore what I wanted to do. Because just like every freshman, I wasn't quite sure. Um, and, you know, being a veterinarian is so common. Right. You know, it's such a, a well, not a normal career, but it's something everybody knows about. Right. Um, so when I went to college, I thought I wanted to pursue that. But after talking to different departments and different professionals, I was like, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Um, and I haven't really looked back since. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. Trust me, I completely understand. I went to my, what are they called? Advisors? Not yes. counselors. They are called yeah. counselors in school, though, right? Yeah. Counselors, but it's a different type of counselor, yeah. So, yeah, I went to them and I talked to them. And I was like, man, I'm trying to explore my options. I don't, I just don't know. So, yeah, I, I get it. Trust me. So, you went into wildlife biology. Let's talk about the different sectors of wildlife biology so people can really get a grasp of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then let's also talk about the struggles within that field. Let's talk <laughs> about how people are, how it's looked upon. You know, because people don't know. So people frown upon the things that they don't know. And they, right. they really can't fathom like, well, what do you do with that? You know, mm-hmm. so what were your struggles? Okay, leading off, what were your struggles when you've decided to be a wildlife biologist? Like when you went out into your profession or even in college, what were your struggles with people who just didn't know any better? Yeah, so actually when I chose my degree, I got um, a Bachelor of Science in Zoology. So that's kind of not a common degree and so a lot of people really did struggle um when i came home and you know the number one question you get when you're a college student is oh what are you you know what are you majoring in and when i said zoology we're like what is zoology (laughs) like are you gonna run a zoo and so because it is kind of a unique career um you're right people don't exactly know what it entails and honestly as I continue to grow in my profession I am constantly learning new ways that you can be a wildlife biologist and kind of tying into the beginning of our conversation there are so many sectors and so many ways I mean arts is a huge one I work with artists all the time photographers videography um research uh you know education all these are are so important um, for collaborative work to make progress in this field. Um, and so I think that was honestly a challenge for me when I first started is figuring out what you love, okay. figuring out your passion, um, pursuing this career. And it takes a lot of time, which sucks because you want things to happen quickly, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially with those, those pressured questions of what are you doing? What are you going to do with your career? Um, right. So that was definitely a big challenge coming out. Now, as far as the photographers, artists and all that, are they involved because of the media coverage of wildlife? Like, you know, you got Nat Geo, you got Animal Planet, all these things. And that's creativity. That's, you know, it's a production. So is that where they, is that where they come in? I mean, you got publications and all of that type of stuff. Oh my gosh. You have journalists, um, authors. I mean, 
we use professional um, photographers all the time because, you know, words can only tell you so much. Right. Um, you really capture people's hearts and minds through pictures and videos. And Correct. when you have a good photographer, a videographer, I mean, they can tell a story that can capture the country's heart, you know. And so it's such an important, important aspect of what we do. Um, and it's really growing and I love to see it. So what do you think that, have you found your passion within the field? Like what is your niche? What is your angle? Yeah, I think I'm definitely um, figuring it out. It's taken about four years, but um, so I actually grew up on a farm um, in Washington state. And so I grew up with animals, domestic animals. And that's really where I, I started my love for animals. And um, so as I built, this career and I started stepping into carnivore conservation. Um, I had these two passions that not necessarily clashed, but there was definitely a need for them to coexist together, right. you know, carnivores and livestock. And so as I began learning, I realized human wildlife conflict mitigation was something I was really passionate about and coexistence, like working with communities to um, coexist with local predators and that's exactly what i get to do now so it's really exciting mm, okay so basically yeah. what you're doing you're educating people so that they know they understand the i don't want to say the lifestyle but they understand the nature of the beast pretty much they, they understand the nature of these animals so that they're more educated and they're less likely to harm them because they now they know better they know like okay this is his domain this is where they roam this is what they do they're not trying to be aggressive or you know, mm -hmm. or anything like that. So just, I guess, just being more, being well educated about these animals will save their lives. Yeah, Maybe? definitely. And you know, resources are increasing because this is kind of a a new field and something that we're becoming more aware that is needed in communities. So yeah, it's really cool to work with communities and and finally give them resources that they've needed. And that's pretty cool because, you know, when you hear um, conservatory or conservation, you always think about like, you know, like a national park and these animals are protected, and, you know, keep them on this property so you don't wander out and get killed and stuff like that. But you never think about the education yeah. aspect of it, Edu actually educating people who are living in these areas and these regions where these animals are at their door, literally at their doorstep. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. And, you know, just educating them so they understand, you know, how to cohabitate right cohabit what's it say cohabitate coexist cohabit yeah, yeah whatever right yeah, <laughs> but exactly. pretty much coexist with these animals in in in, in harmony mm -hmm. harming them and shooting them because a lot of times people are just firing off because they're scared they don't yeah and it's not even a hunting thing because i am totally against killing animals if it's not for hunting purposes and mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like it's just right now, as far as the conservatory thing, now you just came off of a stint. I guess it was kind of like a contract, I guess. Yeah, seasonal work. So Seasonal work. Okay. Let's talk yeah. about that. Isle Royal, not yeah. Royale, or it could be Royale, <laughs> but we're going to say Isle Royal, right? There you go. <laughs> How did you end up there? And what was that whole seasonal work about? Because you were working with... you. you okay, we're going to talk about your, your love for working with carnivores because you did say that... Mm -hmm geared more towards that but how did that happen and i know that you're working with the wolves out there mm -hmm. give it to us what how yes 
So they, um, I actually was um, an employee through State University of New York, okay. um, and essentially a lab opened up a position to be, uh, you know, a research assistant for the Isle Royal Wolf Project. Um, kind of some back history. It was a goal of mine, I think, when I was like a junior or senior in college that in like eight years, I would land a position on this project. So when I saw it online, I was like, I'm just going to apply to it. That's crazy. Um, and I ended up getting it. <laughs> wow. So I was headed to Isle Royal. Um, it's a little wilderness island in the middle of Lake Superior. I was going to um, ask you that. Where is yeah. that? Because Isle Royal sounds like some horror movie where you get trapped, <laughs> stranded, and the wolves are like hunting you. That's what it <laughs> sounds like, though, really. I mean, and I bet you there's been a movie made about it, but they didn't call it Isle Royal. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, it's Michigan. It's actually closer to like Canada. Okay. And I don't know if it's Minnesota or Wisconsin. I'm not well versed in that area of the United States, <laughs> but it's like furthest from Michigan, but it is a uh, repelled Michigan land. So one more thing too, and I don't want to get off the track, but I saw yeah. that picture that you posted where you saw the Northern lights from there. Was that not the coolest thing? Like, I thought you had to be like overseas somewhere to see the Northern Lights. I, oh no. Educate us. Educate. Oh no. Uh, listen, I don't know much about Northern Lights. <laughs> I just know how to spot it. And when I see it, <laughs> I don't know where to go. Actually, I was with somebody down um, at the water and they were like, holy cow, is that the Northern Lights? And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I think it is because it is, you can see it. I don't know what the boundaries are of like where you can or cannot. Yeah. But I've heard like other Isle Royal people who have been there for many seasons, they're always on the lookout. So it's not common, but it's not impossible. Man, you did you take a lot of pictures? Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that's amazing. That's that crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I would love to see that in my lifetime. Go to Alaska. I heard they're great. Yeah, gonna have to do that. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I can just take a cruise out there. And just wow. boat and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> or go to Isle Royal, right? There you go. Okay, well, let's get back on track. Okay. Tell us about the conservatory work that you were doing out there with the wolf. Yeah, so essentially, um, okay, well, we'll I'll, I'll cover a little bit of history. So okay. this is actually the, like the longest predator-prey study that's been going on in the world. So this is a really big project, a very famous one. Um, and essentially wolves came over in the 1940s, I do believe. Yes, the 1940s, late 1940s. And this project started, I believe, in 1958. So they were just looking at the wolf and moose interactions. And actually, for the first 10 years, I really didn't see anything going on. And then all of a sudden, um, the wolves contracted a disease. And that's when things got kind of crazy. Um, and then by like 20... 2016. Don't quote me on any of these years. Okay, I won't hold you to it. Um, the wolf population went from like 50 to two. Um, what there was, there was a lot of things that happened in between. I'm, I'm. This is like the really short history okay. lesson of Owl Royal. But, but um, you said 50 to two. Yeah. So in two years since they contracted the disease, it originally went from 50 to 14. Okay. Um, and then by 2012, like a lot of things happened. There was another huge decrease and then they were in single digits. And then eventually there, were, there was only two wolves. And so wow. um, 
2018, the National Park Service decided to reintroduce wolves. Um, and then 2019, they had their first wolf drops. Um, and they pulled wolves from Upper Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Ontario, and then I hope nobody laughs me, but I cannot say this name. Michipacoten Island. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We'll, we'll go with so, yeah. The wolves were chosen um, from those areas to be dropped and onto Isle Royal. And so my job this year was to really look at the reintroduction success. Okay. Um, and so we, we did a, a three main studies to evaluate that for this year. So what is so important about these wolves? Why is that such a big, why, was, why has it been such a huge project for so long? I mean, what's so special about these wolves? Right. Yeah. So Isle Royale is kind of unique in the way that it's, uh, it's an island. And so studying, I mean, any wildlife, but in this case, predator-prey dynamics and relationships can be kind of tricky because you have so many variants, like say Yellowstone, it's huge. Um, and if you were looking at the relationship between elk and wolves, you have a lot of other things going on. But on Isle Royale, you have moose and wolves. That's it? That's it. I mean, like, as as far as, like, large, large mammals. Yeah. And like, so, there's fox, there's marten, squirrels, and what's <laughs> some the, other mammals. What's the common diet for these wolves out there? Moose and beaver. They're eating the moose and the beaver. So far, yeah. Oh. So, and that's exactly what we, what we were hoping for. Um, because as soon as you, you know, and this kind of ties back into your question of, you know, why? Why are we bringing wolves back to the island and mm. i mean the the short answer is the national park service wanted to keep the integrity of the island because once when you remove an apex predator um you know the moose populations in which we, we didn't talk about oh, but get overcrowded yeah as the wolf population was fluctuating so does the moose population and so if you take away all the wolves i mean you can only imagine what the moose do they they take over and they you know overexploit the island and so yeah. It's kind of a big reason of why they brought him back. I mean, I, 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 eventually it would be famine though, right? Because wouldn't the moose just eat everything? Like this, yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they would run themselves to the ground, essentially. So, so you did say that the wolves came over in like 1940s, right? But if it's, mm -hmm. how'd they get over there? Yeah, so there was actually this really cool ice bridge um, ah. that freezes over between... Uh, the island in Canada. Okay. Um, and so it still happens, um, but not as regularly. And that's actually another reason why the wolves did not do well because carnivores need connectivity. Um, and since they have no ability to move back and forth from the mainland and the island, you know, you're not getting a gene flow. Mm. So you run into a lot of genetic issues. Um, wow. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's deep. Wow. <laughs> So that's how they got there. And then that's also actually an issue of how they disappeared. So, Wow. What's the biggest misconception about wolves? Oh, I love this question. Okay. <laughs> Tell us. Well, there's, there's two, but I'll try to pick one. Because all the kids know is, is the big bad wolf, you know? I know. Okay. So wolves are actually horrible hunters. Really? Yeah, they have one of the worst, like, um, predation rate of carnivores. 
And if, and I mean, if you, if you break it down and look at their biology, you kind of can understand why. If you look at a cat, they have like claws and jaws, um, but wolves only have their, their jaws. And so that's a lot of the reason why they hunt in packs, but they're very unsuccessful because, well, I mean, when they are going after prey, it's a really big risk. You know, they can get killed very easily. Um, wow. So there's a lot of predation risk in it, but yeah, wolves are not very good hunters, contrary so, to popular belief. <laughs> so, I mean, do some go hungry? Because they just... They live, um, oh my goodness, I'm going to butcher this, a feast or famine is that lifestyle yeah where like they'll they can go without eating for a really long time oh my god because they just yeah just because they can't hunt they don't know how to properly well they, they they're very smart don't get them wrong they're very intelligent animals um they just have to be so cautious because they can get injured so easily um just, so they just oops, they have right? to know when it's, when it's okay to to hunt so like a, a moose or an elk kicks them with their back yeah like yeah oh yeah oh yeah they're so yeah. when you were there did you see any that were starving you could tell that they were starving uh, no i mean i didn't get to see any wolves in like person um we did see them on trail cameras most of them look great i would not say any were starving you know they're going through their their natural phases okay. um but no i mean they look good they have a lot of food out there though so then that leads to my next question what so you didn't see any so do they not interact do they not want to come close to civilization and people like because that, yeah. that's a, that so because you know that's a stereotype too it's like that well that was the other misconception i was gonna talk about okay but go, I, ahead. <laughs> go ahead i'm yeah, so... your setup. go ahead <laughs> yeah so wolves mountain lions grizzlies they don't they don't want anything to do with us. Okay. You know, if they hear us, see us, smell us, usually far before we even know they're there, but they don't want anything. I was tracking these wolves. Okay. <laughs> and I could never get sight of one. Um, so yeah, no, that's a huge common misconception as well as that like these animals are after us no matter what carnivore you're talking about. And it's totally false. They want to avoid us just as See, much as we want to avoid that's them. That's good education because if somebody's <laughs> out there, no, seriously, if somebody is out there yeah. with a gun and they mm -hmm. see these animals, what are they likely to do? Try to shoot because they're thinking that, oh, let me shoot them before they charge at me or try to attack me. But yeah. literally they know that they're probably yeah. going to go the other way. Yeah, lethal force is hardly ever 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 needed um wow there are so many ways that you can you know coexist with these animals on trails or when you're recreating or at home that um, are non-lethal and they're very effective so so what is is the bear spray effective you know the bear spray oh my gosh actually <laughs> yes that's what i have i have that same bear one spray. yeah yeah, we do highly recommend to have bear spray on you if you're um recreating in I mean, a mountain lion, bear habitat, wolf. Yeah. It's a great tool. If you know how to use it properly, I really recommend you <laughs> learn how to use it properly. So how, what's the proper way to use it? Oh my gosh. I took you a can't. training like, no, 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 no. I took Maybe. a training like three years ago and we were actually talking about this today about how I need a refresher, but okay. you have to one, make sure the wind is like. Right, not blowing blood. away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it could come back at you. 
Um, you need it in a very accessible place. Um, and you know how to, you have to know how to like work the top of it. Because yeah. there's there's a mechanism, and I apologize because I haven't worked with one of these for a minute, but like, it's hard. In my training, I, w I did really bad for a while. You gotta pop that thing up, pull that Yeah, you gotta like pop it, and then... Yeah. yeah. So definitely look into it. <laughs> okay, I'll look into the training, because I have a bottle. I don't know how to use it, but I have it. <laughs> yeah, but it definitely works, though. They'll go the other way. They, they don't want any business with that, right? Yeah, I mean, it is definitely like a last resort thing. You aren't. You don't really need it. It's not so, going to get to that. So when part. you see these bears, when you see bears in, in mountain lions and stuff, they attack or they're aggressive. Is it because either they're hurt or you're close to their children? They right. they feel like they're in danger, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why um, attacks can happen. Okay. And so it's all very dependent on the situation, but a lot of it could, or, or I shouldn't say a lot, but some of it could be like you spook them. You spook an animal, they're frightened, they have a fight or flight, and they're going to fight um, young. If they're like a lot of sometimes with mountain lions if they're young and their mother has been killed um and they're kind of like left oh. and they don't know how to hunt right that could be an issue i mean yeah there's a lot of different reasons for why it could happen but there there's always a reason and it's never just because they want to they don't want to expend that energy right so there's always usually a reason for a biological okay yeah. I saw that you, I read that you, you call yourself a science communicator. Yeah. Is that something that you do on your own time to go out and educate people? Is that kind of like a side thing for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it comes work? in a lot of different forms. Um, when I was on Isle Royal, I was a research biologist. Okay. Um, but um, I mean, you saw my posts every time I post on social media, I would try to make it educational. And that is a form of science communication. Right. Um, my job here in L.A., I will be doing presentations and programs and workshops. And that's another form of science mm -hmm. communication. This right here, this is science communication. So okay. it yeah. comes a lot of forms. So, so yeah, talk about your new job. I know you just started a new job. You just moved to California. Talk about that. And talk about the, st the contract work because you say it's seasonal okay. work in biology. Yeah. Like, yeah, so we, I know that some people, you know, they can go work at a zoo or they can go do this and, they, you know, it's kind of like a long term type of thing. Yeah. Paycheck to paycheck. You know, what I mean? talk about your structure and certain structures in that field. Yeah, totally. So this is actually something I didn't understand when I first got out of college. Um, so in wildlife research or this career, um, there's see there's such thing as seasonal positions and so it's a lot of what i've been doing it's very common it's kind of what everybody does um and you do it for like four or five years so essentially i don't even know how the best to explain it but there's there's seasons depending on which state you're in like arizona has a winter season texas mm -hmm. has a winter season and then michigan all the places that get snow during winter they usually have like a summer field season okay. um so essentially you bounce around and you can be with universities, you can be with agencies, nonprofits, uh, private organizations, and you just do seasonal work. And so this usually only lasts for five months and then you find another job uh, with somebody else. And like, it's completely unrelated unless if maybe you're a contract scientist. Okay. Um, 
you're with the same company just bouncing around but i haven't personally done contract work yet um, okay but yeah it's um it's a pretty wild and adventurous lifestyle because you never know like it because you're basically moving from project to project oh yeah I mean, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible um, to get to travel and meet new people and do new things and see new places. But yeah. it's stressful at the same time because you never know if you're going to have a job. Uh, you never know. Mm. And then when you get a job, where are you going to live? You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. It's, so, it's so short term. So it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's talk about your, your new job. And congratulations uh, yeah. on that, too. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. So I'm in Los Angeles, California now. Um, I was hired on as the, um, oh my goodness, outreach coordinator for Cougar Conservancy. And their mission is to reduce human wildlife conflict um, and conserve cougar populations through science-based management and conservation. Okay. So, so they, you're protecting young boys from old women? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is so funny because I don't think of the word cougar like that. <laughs> I get so many jokes. So many jokes. And it's just, it makes me laugh every time. But, I, I mean. I, I had to do it. I had to do it. Sorry. It's a joke. No. But, yeah, no, I'm super excited. I get to step into this position, um, you know, working with an incredible team um, in an incredible area. And this is really something I'm very passionate about. And I'm just so excited. That's dope. So, you don't know how long this seasonal work is going to last. Hopefully, it, it it yeah, it so this one feels more long-term than the others. Um, it depends on funding. So that's kind of the other, you know, caveat of this industry is um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and little funding for it. Right. And what, so, let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah, that. Let's, why let's, does it always, why can they always find a lump sum of money to do all this other frivolous stuff that's really meaningless. Yeah. But when it comes to stuff that that means something that's that's helping nature, people, inner city, whatever it may be, they can't mm-hmm. find money. You know, um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's very political. Um, I don't want <laughs> <in> trouble, but. <laughs> out of buckets um for science and conservation um it's it's really hard and it's actually a really big issue in this field in general and actually limits so many people from being able to do any work um and that's a whole different whole different issue that we can talk about um yeah. that's limiting diversity and limiting um in, like inclusive be, or just being inclusive um it, it and it's really unfortunate but yeah funding is it's a monster out here. That's crazy, man. It, it's yeah. Sad. It really just comes down to politics, honestly. Yeah, so. it's sad. Yeah, it's all about where they want to put the money because the money's there. Yeah, it's there for everything else they want to do. It, yeah, and people like you have to deal with that nonsense, man. It's crazy. If yeah. you were not a wildlife biologist, what would you be doing? Oh my gosh! What are your um, other interests? That's interesting. I would probably be into like sports medicine. Sports medicine, okay. Something like something along the lines of that. Actually, I was at the same time taking kinesiology in college, trying to figure out which way I'd want to take it because I like fitness and health and like sports and all that. And so I think I might, I, I would potentially take a career that direction. Okay. 
Cool, yeah. cool, cool. That's yeah. dope, man. But I mean, it's kind of long. It's still science, so it is. It is. Yeah, all <laughs> science. Just your science to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I was until I got into college. Hey, you are now. I know. Now I'm all in. Now. <laughs> But listen, in. before I end the show, I got mm-hmm. trivia for you. Oh, no. Oh, I got no. some wildlife trivia for you. Are you okay. ready to do this? <laughs> oh, I'm going to make a fool of myself. No, you're okay, not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, before we oh. do the trivia, before we do the trivia, I got one thing I want to ask you. What mm-hmm. can you say to someone who's in college right now, who's on the fence about doing or being a wildlife biologist or biologist or scientist, and they have the naysayers in their ear telling them, like, what are you going to do with this career? What, what do you yeah. Give them some um, encouragement. You- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there are so many opportunities in this field for so much, like, diverse and big thinkers. Um, like we were saying, you can use any of your passion. Yeah. And th- this career is really for anybody. Um, and all I can say is follow your heart, follow your passion. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but um, it's hard and you can deal with a lot of, you know, negative interactions about it potentially. But um, if it's what you want to do, pursue it. Don't stop. Uh, my now boss, she, she always says you have to have grit. Yeah, you have to have grit. You have to be relentless, um, yeah. and you know, just keep going, keep going. <laughs> well said, yes. well said. Yes. Thank you, thank you, scientist Bernard. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you so much. Let's get into this trivia. You ready? I got uh, okay for you, and I know do you're it. gonna do stellar. Oh yeah, I'm bad at chess. <laughs> <laughs> I know no you're gonna be great. All right, so. In number one. You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> Which is the slowest animal on earth? A. I'm going to need multiple choice, so it's not going to be. Okay, that's a plus. A, a three-toed sloth. B, snail. C, turtle. D, earthworm. <sighs> I want to say a sloth. Ding, 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 ding. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Okay, cool. Them things, they might as well just be moving backwards. <laughs> yeah, right. This, like, oh, sloths are so cool. Though. But have you witnessed one? <laughs> no, but on Isle Royal, I was with a professor who used to study sloths, oh, and wow. I picked his brain. It was so cool. Yeah, they are yeah. strange. <laughs> Very like, strange. They are creepy. They move so slow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Question number two. Okay. How many noses does a slug have? Is it A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? Three. Eh. <sighs> it's D, four. You have four Dang noses. It. This is wow. educational. Slugs? Slugs, yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't even pinpoint if they hadn't. <laughs> Who the hell knows about a goddamn slug? Dude, I have so many questions about slugs. Like, how? We don't have time for this. But what's like, the how purpose do they even of survive? a slug? Yeah, what's? Yeah, like, yeah. What's the purpose <laughs> of a sloth? I mean, I'm sure they're decomposers or something. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. They're something. eating off something. It's a purpose. God has a purpose for everybody. Always. 
Yeah. All right. Question number three. Which animal, also considered the largest land mammal in the world, cannot jump? A. Giraffe. B. Elephant. C. Hippo. D. Rhino. Elephant. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, number four. Which animal has the most extended tail? Is it a snake? A, a bee, B, peacock, C, giraffe, D, a gerbil. The largest extended tail? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was the first one again? A, snake, B, peacock, C, giraffe, D gerbil. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say snake. No, I'm not saying snake because I don't know their anatomy that well. Like, if it's considered a tail. Yeah. Peacock is a. F- I don't know a giraffe. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> hey, correct. Extended. <laughs> Did you hear the reasoning out loud? <laughs> Yeah, no, you had the reason with that one, though, because that was tricky. But extended is the, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, which bird is considered to be the largest bird in the world? A, ostrich, B, falcon, C, eagle, D, pigeon. Oh, ostrich. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number six. Which aquatic mammal in the world has the most extended lifespan? Is it A, a dolphin, B, a whale, C, an octopus, or D, a bowhead whale? Oh, wow. (laughs) You said mammal. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what a bowheaded whale is. I'm going to say dolphin. Is a bowheaded oh. whale? <laughs> it's, it's, huh? It's a bowhead whale? Yeah. I'm gonna have to look this whale up. I have never heard of it. A bowhead whale. Yep. Okay. Bowhead. I'm ready. B o w head whale. Cool. All right. Okay. You ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. Which is the largest mammal in the ocean? A shark. B. <laughs> An octopus. Come on. <laughs> uh, C, hammerhead, shark, or D, blue whale? Blue whale. Right. Ding, 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 ding. Incredible. That, that was ridiculous. Okay. Um, what, how can I say this? How heavy is the heaviest brown bear found to date? Is it A, 800 pounds, B, 650 C seven thirty, D five fifty. What? Are you serious? Yeah. I feel like it should be way higher than that. Eight hundred. It says five fifty, but I don't. What? True. That can't be true. No, that is no way. Because that I has to be an average weight with brown bears. Yeah, that has to be an average weight. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. From. <laughs> We're going 800. We're going 8800. Hell made these questions. I should have vetted this shit. (laughs) Should have took that one out. Okay. Dove is considered to be the symbol of A, death, B, inspiration, 
C, peace. D, love. Love. Wrong. Eh. Are you serious? Peace. That's why they put on tombstones. Peace. <sighs> Rest in peace. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? I guess. All right. And number nine, the last one. What is a group of hedgehogs known as? A girdle? B, <laughs> pickle? D, a hedge? Or D, a gaggle? A gaggle. And no, no. <laughs> what is it? A gaggle, isn't it? Isn't a gaggle geese or duck? Yeah, that's. It was, Come on, I'll give you a do over. I mean, I forget what the first one was. Girdle, pickle, or a hedge? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to go with hedge because that feels too obvious. Okay, so then you got girdle. Okay, I'll go with A. Girdle? Yeah. It's called a pickle. Stop it. Really? It's a called pickle? a pickle, yeah. I Wait, didn't know so that a group of hedgehogs is called, called a pickle. It's called a pickle. Yeah. Where do you find a group of hedgehogs? <laughs> I don't know. I guess if you found them, you're in a pickle, right? You're probably <laughs> poking the shit out of you. <laughs> That is cool. I did not know that. Obviously. Me either. This is educational. This is great. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I learned some things tonight. Looking this stuff up. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, listen, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on, uh, sharing all your knowledge. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So yeah. Just thank thank you. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yes, yes. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I wish you well. I wish you much success. I pray that you are doing great things out there. You will do great things. And I pray that your job position lasts for two years out there. Oh, hey, let's wow. Keep, thank you. Let's keep the money flowing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's get some money. But yeah. But no, keep doing great things for these animals and keep educating people, please. Thank That's number you. one. Keep it. I definitely plan on it. Yeah, people need to know, man. Because I'm telling you, listen, if I was in the mountains in LA and I ran into a cougar, I'd probably, call me. I'd yeah, I'd call you. <laughs> I'd call when you keep on doing your thing, these are amazing, you know, giving people exposure, especially all these unique um people that you talk to. It's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I really course. appreciate that. And um, yeah, I'll uh I'll share some clips with you and all that type of stuff you know and yeah thank you man i really appreciate this this was cool this was fun i liked it great yeah <laughs> all right boom another one under my belt i got a biologist a wildlife biologist how many people can say they interviewed a wildlife biologist <laughs> i don't know everybody wants okay. to interview you know celebrities athletes comedians singers i do that too you know all that type of yeah, thing do. i just try to i try to try to just you know, expand my horizons, man. I try to diversify my portfolio. There you go. That's great. Diversity is amazing. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, listen, I'm not going to hold you, man. I really appreciate you for real. Um, everybody who is tuned in, who is watching this on the replay, once again, I thank you for tuning in. You know where I'm at. Every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be right here kicking it with another wonderful and awesome guest. You never know who I might have. So y'all check in with your boy cool card all right till next time y'all peace and love we are out of here thanks so much bye peace